Welcome to the Richard Blackby Leadership Podcast, helping people take their leadership to the next level. Brought to you by Blackby Ministries International. Hey, welcome back to the Richard Blackaby Leadership Podcast. Uh, Richard, it's good to see you again. Yes, we're getting to the uh, end of the, the, the winter season of this uh, yes, yes. series here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, winter is drawing near on, uh, on this little mini-series that we've been doing. If this is your first time uh, tuning in to our podcast, uh, we're, we're we've coming to the end of a series on the seasons of God, and it's based on the book that Richard wrote a few years back called The Seasons of God. And uh, we'll have links for that in our show notes that you can uh, take a look at that if you're interested. I think we'll probably even uh, give some discounts if you get it through our through our website. Richard, uh, well, before we get into winter, I, I would just encourage the, the listeners to, to go back a few episodes and uh, catch up on uh, our talks on spring and summer and fall. And then you'll be able to come straight into winter, uh, as we're about to discuss here. So, Richard, tell us what are maybe the signs of winter. Uh, we know in an, in the natural world what winter looks like, but uh, maybe in in our life, in our work, in our leadership, what can we be looking for when winter's coming? Well, as we know from uh, nature, winter is about endings. It's a time where you may have had a beautiful flower garden all summer, but now those flowers have died. They're, they're drooping. The leaves have fallen off the trees. Uh, there's snow on the ground. Uh, not here in Georgia, though. Yeah, not typically here. But no. uh, I did grow up in Canada, and I'm an so expert you guys have in winter. Snow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, winters were long, and they were cold. And uh, you had ice and snow covering everything. And there was a bleakness. Uh, a desolateness. Uh, you didn't expect to see greenery. You didn't expect to see things growing, uh, thriving. It was definitely a time of change, and uh, and that happens in life as well. It's a time of endings. It's, it, it may be that you were laid off your job. Uh, it might be that your last child moves out of the house, and now you have an empty nest. Uh, it might be that uh, your spouse passes away, or maybe you go through a divorce. Uh, it could be any number of things where a major ending takes place. A major part of your life has come to an end. And, uh, and we just don't like endings. We're, we're not, for one, we're not really prepared for them, and we aren't taught how to handle them. In some sense, we feel like failures uh, if something has come to an end on our watch. And uh, it's a time of mourning at times. Uh, it's a time of grieving the loss of some of what we had before, what we knew uh, how to handle you know it was it was our routine it's it's what we were good at and all of a sudden we can't do that anymore and so uh winter is that uh, there's a verse in uh john 12 uh verse 24 where jesus says most assuredly i say to you unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies it remains alone but if it dies it produces much grain he who loves his life will lose it, and he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. And I think what Jesus was saying is that in the nature of the way God has created things, sometimes a healthy part of life is for things to die, for things to come to an end. Uh, unless they die, 
then you can experience the life that will come afterward. And so I have found in uh, working with people and coaching them that we struggle very much at this point. We're, we're happy yeah. for God to do something new, but we're not very comfortable with letting go of the old. Yeah. But the fact is that winter is a time to bring an end to some things that may have been perfectly fine in times past, but in order for God to bring a new springtime, then he's got to bring winter first. He's got to remove some things. You know, I remember years, uh, for, for 13 years, I was the president of a seminary in Canada. And many people looked at that as kind of the peak of my career. Uh, I'd been a pastor. Now I'm training pastors. I'm the head of a denominational entity. I travel around the world speaking, writing books. And it was a great, it was a great job. It was, it was in a great location. I sat at my desk and looked out on the Rocky Mountains. Uh, we lived in a beautiful town. Uh, my family loved it there. Everything was good. And then one day, I just sensed that God was saying, I'm moving you on. Uh, I remember having a conversation with someone that, it was a friend, it was someone that cared about me, but at the end of the conversation, I just realized, I think God may be moving me on. And uh, my heart's racing. I, I, it had never crossed my mind to leave that job, but I, God began to just impress upon me that my time there after 13 years was drawing to a close, and uh, I did leave there. And you know, the interesting thing for me is that when I look back later, I realized that I had stopped growing in that job. Now, I, I don't think I had stopped growing as a person, but I had stopped growing in that job. Hmm. I, I didn't need to, I didn't feel like I needed to keep growing to do that job well. I knew how to do that job. And so I could just go into the, the next year and keep doing things with the same skills, the same abilities I had before. And what I've learned is that when you stop growing, you start dying. And I, I didn't need to grow anymore to do that job. And so now, it doesn't mean that God, every time you get to that point, God's going to move you to a different job, but he will add a new dimension to your job, a new position, a new challenge, a new dynamic. But I've just seen too many people that stopped growing, but they, it was like they died, but they didn't, they, they didn't have the funeral. So mm. they're, they're still in the job, but that's it. You know, they're, they're, they're just putting in time and they've got this many more years till they can retire and they're just putting in time. And uh, it's really a shame to waste life like that. And so what God said to me is, I, I, for your sake, I need to give you a fresh challenge. You need a new springtime. The problem is that you have to release some things so that there's room uh, for God to do something new. Uh, Henry Cloud wrote an interesting book called Necessary Endings. And he actually, he wrote it a year or so after I wrote the Seasons book. And uh, he actually begins his book talking about seasons as well and a very similar framework that I use. But he, he, he writes an interesting book because he says, you know, we're not trained and equipped for endings. As I've said earlier, uh, we're praised for beginnings. We're not praised for endings. And so we don't get training for that. We don't know how to measure when it's time to end something. So he says um, sometimes, for instance, relationships can stay too long. Maybe you're in a bad, maybe you're in a dating relationship and uh, it's gone toxic and it's not building you up. But 
uh, and you know that, and you're frustrated by it, but you don't you don't bring it to an end. You keep thinking, well, it's better than nothing, or uh, I could do worse, or maybe things will turn around. You're in a job that you hate, but you know you could just quit. You you know you could look for something else. You could go back to school, get some other skills, but instead you just stay in a job that you hate. And so he's, and sometimes you may be the boss and you have an employee that needs to be let go. You've talked to them, you've confronted them, you've given them training, you've sent them to workshops, but you keep getting the same negative behavior. And uh, oftentimes when I talk to people in management, they'll acknowledge that they've got at least one person that probably needs to be let go. But you ask, well, why haven't you let them go yet? Well, you know, don't want to hurt their feelings. I don't want the confrontation. I putting that off until after we get through this season, uh, which usually leads into another season. Yeah, and there's always yeah. a season that you can delay that. Yeah, and the problem is that a lot of people don't see that winter has set in, and they they stay past their winter. I've yeah. known pastors like that. They uh, they may have started the church and. For years, the church was growing. It was dynamic. It was an exciting place to be. They were hiring some great staff people to work with them. But then at a certain point, you just you could see that things had plateaued, and now they were declining. Uh, now, instead of growing, they're losing people. And the, that great staff that they had, they're starting to go and work in other churches, and they're leaving. And there's dissension and division for the first time. And everybody else can say, can see that things have changed, that this leader is past his heyday, at least at that church. Um, and at times it's bewildering. Well, why don't why doesn't the pastor just leave? Why doesn't he find a new a new assignment? It's clear that his skills, his passion, his energy is not sufficient now to take the church to the next level. But they stay, and oftentimes they stay because they begin to identify that role as theirs. It belongs to them or the church. I started this church, so I'm staying. Uh, or nobody could handle it as well as me. Or we explain away and say, well, it's just, things have just changed in this community or the economy is bad <clears throat> or Satan has just really been having a heyday with this church. When the fact might be winter set in for you. And now the best thing you can do is to move on and let the next person come in with fresh vision, fresh passion, fresh ideas to build on what you've done. And the worst thing is when people don't recognize that winter has set in, hmm. so they stay too long. I remember a pastor one time uh, inherited uh, some clerical staff that uh, at his church, and, and he had one, one uh, woman that um, had been there a long time, was well-paid, but She'd been hired back when they were still using basically manual typewriters, and and uh, and she'd not kept up with the latest software and and was struggling. But because she'd been there the longest, had the most seniority, she had the most important jobs. But she was becoming a bottleneck, and uh, they they would be waiting on reports and projects that she couldn't get done in time, and and so she's feeling the the pressure that they need all this from her and she can't produce and so she's getting upset that they're demanding so much and so she says I need an assistant I need some I need I'm an assistant but I need an assistant of my own to get all the work done and eventually the pastor realized well no it's just probably time for this woman to retire 
all the signs were there that she had that her job had outgrown her that it's not that she couldn't still work somewhere but but of course when you're in harvest time when you're at the the top of your game you're getting paid the most that you've ever been paid so it's really hard to walk away from the best paying job you've ever had yeah. and say you know what I, I don't think I'm doing justice to this salary anymore I need to downsize my job to something I can still handle uh, and so you stay you stay for the money you stay for the prestige but she wasn't really getting the job done and so she finally was asked to leave and it's sad I've seen this happen many times where if a person had just recognized the season they were in they could have on their own initiative said I, it's, I think it's time for me to, to retire from this job they would have held a big party for them and celebrated their years of service and everybody would have given gifts and it would have been loving. But they, they kept staying. They kept staying. And ultimately, they were shown the door. Now they're resentful. They're humiliated. They're upset. They're going around telling people how ungrateful their employees are, that they've not appreciated all the work and sacrifice they've done. Well, interestingly, after that woman left, the uh, the church brought in a, about a 23-year-old young lady, hired her part-time, just half-time, and said, look, we're, we're going to reorganize the whole office. We're, we're going to change a lot of responsibilities. And so we're not quite sure how things will look right now. But for now, just would you just take a look at this desk and uh, sort through all the work on the on the desk and just do the most important things. Don't try to do it all. Just just kind of tackle the most pressing issues and we'll get back to you and let you know what how this job will pan out. Well, by the end of the week, the young lady came back and said, what, what else do you have for me to do? And the pastor said, well, when you get the most important things done, just keep working through the pile, just go to the next things. She said, well, I did that. I've, I've finished the pile. I'm, I need more work to do. And it absolutely blew away her manager because this manager had had the longest-serving, tenured staff person feeling overwhelmed with her job and needing to, them to hire another full-time person just to help her do her work. Uh, but the problem was that Winter had set in on that person, and they needed to have a necessary ending. But when they did finally get someone who had current skills and abilities and energy and passion and vision, uh, they could do in half the time what someone else couldn't do full-time. And... The problem is that there's a lot of churches, there's a lot of organizations that are caring people that have moved past winter season in their life, and they haven't moved on. And because of that, it's hurting the organization. It's hurting that person. Because when, when you're in a job that you're not doing a good job of, that's demoralizing. That's dehumanizing. Yeah. And you're not doing anyone any favors by carrying someone past what they're capable of doing. And especially if, you, if you're in a church, that means that people in the church are not getting the ministry they could have gotten if you had someone in the job that could do the job well. And so you, I think we owe it to people, we owe it to our organizations to recognize that when winter comes, it's time for a change. Mm. Well, that raises uh, some interesting questions. Uh, but first, let's take a quick break and we'll get right back to it. During this series, we want to offer our listeners an extra 10% off Richard's popular book, The Seasons of God, which can help you identify the changing seasons in your life. Go to blackbeestore.org and use coupon code SEASONS at checkout for an extra 10% off your copy of The Seasons of God. Well, I think it's quite clear that 
that most people don't like endings. Yeah. Uh, we're not really meant for endings, I think, in, in a lot of ways. We're not mm-hmm. prepared for endings. They're hard. So that, that begs the question, what what advice do you have for someone uh, who may be listening and, and is saying, you know, I've never thought about it before, but but maybe where I am right now in life, it's it's a winter time. And, and, and maybe I need to end some things in my life. What, 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 would, what advice would you give? Well, uh, you know, one thing is take an inventory of the various areas of your life that winter might be affecting. You know, one could be in your time. Maybe you've served on the local uh, private school board for the last five years, and you've gone to their meetings once a month, and, or you've served on a committee at your church, uh, or on your association or something. And uh, just because you've done it, for a lot of us, once you get signed on, especially in a church activity, it's like a lifetime sentence. You know, <laughs> you're you're on for life now. They, they never come back and say, would you like to not be on this committee anymore? You know, you're just yeah. there. And so before long, your life gets filled up with activities that were maybe fine to do for the first five, six years. But I would suggest that every year when you get to the end of the year, take time to go before God and say, God, I've, I felt like you led me to serve here. I've done it for the last five years, but do you want me to do it a sixth year? We don't even ask those questions normally until we get burned out, until we just get overwhelmed. And you can save yourself getting burned out and overwhelmed if every year you say, God, has winter set in yet on this activity? Um, you know, I've, here's an interesting one. And you have to be real careful with this. You have to just kind of think about this. But I think sometimes even relationships have seasons to them. And so you may have, for instance, you may have had uh, preschool kids and you made friends with with another couple who also have preschool kids. And you had a lot in common and you did a lot together. You might have gone on outings together and had gone over to each other's homes and stuff. But people change and people go in different directions. And one day you realize, you know, I have not gotten with that friend in months. It's been over a year. We haven't even had had lunch together. We used to be together at least once a week. And I feel like a terrible friend that I've just neglected this person. And, uh, and you know, we, we can feel really guilty about that. Well, what happens sometimes is that God uses friendships and relationships in order to equip us and help us in areas where we need help. And you know, if I were God and I wanted to introduce change in your life, one of the best ways I could do it is to introduce a new relationship in your life. Someone that saw things differently than you did, maybe was had some skills or insights, or maybe they introduced you into some new activities that you'd never done. And so what happens, though, is our life gets consumed with, like we, we never end a relationship. So in time, our life is full, it's overflowing with relationships. And so even if we wanted a new friend, we wouldn't have time for them. And I live in the South, and I, it's interesting to me a lot of times in the South, it's a little, still a little bit more stable than, say, the West is in terms of people living there a long time. And so, you know, you go to church on a Sunday, and you maybe a couple, you have a greet time, and you meet someone, and they're, they seem very friendly and nice at the church. And you think to yourself, hey, we just moved into the area. Uh, would you like to go for lunch? And after church and this nice couple says oh you know that sounds wonderful but you know we always for years we've always gone to the grandparents for church uh, for for Sunday lunch and all the relatives are there and 
And so, sorry, we're just not available for that. And then you discover that this nice couple, the the wife still gets together for lunch with her best friends from high school. And, you know, she graduated 20 years ago, but they've got these long, long time relationships. Now, I'm not saying that it's wrong to have long time relationships, but there are times where if all of a sudden it just naturally begins to drift apart and you realize, you know, that person has gotten really negative. They used to be such a positive influence in my life, but now they're just very negative or uh, they're just so consumed with all their concerns that they don't really have time for me. Or I, I just say all that to say, look at every aspect of your life, maybe even a hobby that you've had. Maybe God wants you to develop a new friendship and he's going to have to remove a couple of kind of stagnant relationships in your life so that there's now space for a new relationship. You've got time now. Uh, maybe you've got to end three of your volunteer positions so that now you've got room for a new one. So the Bible says, we saw in Ecclesiastes 1, everything has a season to it. So that means that every area of your life has a season. Not, nothing's meant to just be forever. Uh, especially when you go into a new year, take time to ask yourself, has winter set in on this relationship, this commitment, this hobby, this activity? Maybe God wants to make some room so that I can have a new springtime where God introduces some great new things in my life in the days to come. Yeah, and I think something that you mentioned earlier was was the fact that uh, other people that, that are around you can sometimes see the seasons changing in your life before you even can. Yeah. And I think that's such an important part of this because it's. I think it's much easier to recognize the changing seasons in other people's life or ministry or job or whatever, than it is to sometimes recognize it in our, in our own life. You know, one other thing, I, I think you're right, and, I, and I've, I think I shared that my wife, probably the last three major job changes I've had, my wife knew before I did that I needed to make them. Yeah. And uh, I just didn't see it. But, uh, you know, one other thing I just say about winter is people sometimes say, well, how long does the winter have to last? Like, it's painful... Uh, I, does this have to last, go on for years? And of course, I think we've, we, we both know people that have spent years in, in winter. Yeah. They got laid off of a job and that they'd worked at for 15 years, and they went three years in a funk, unemployed, looking for work, uh, feeling terrible about themselves and about the people that laid them off, or someone uh, went through a divorce, or they lost, they, they became a widow, and they... And for years they grieved and more and gro- and bemoaned uh, their fate and and genuinely just you know missed what they had had and and so people will say I mean do you have to go for through years of that and I would yeah, say how, yeah how long does <laughs> <laughs> well can I set my calendar to say okay uh, it seems like sometimes spring times are way too brief and winter is way too long but well certainly in Canada yeah um, <laughs> but I, you know what I would say about that is that. Winter doesn't have to necessarily last a long time, but there's certain things that need to happen in winter. You know, if, if you're like a farmer and you've put, brought the, the harvest in, there needs to be a time of rest. There needs to be a time to celebrate what went on in the past. There needs to be a time to reflect and say, but going into the next year, what do I think I need to do differently? What changes do I need to make? There, there's a way to prepare for what's coming next. What I find sometimes is that we, we don't utilize winter very well. So like, for yeah. instance, maybe you got laid off of a job and, all, and now you're just fretting. What do, I got to get work. I've got to get a job. So 
you're worried and you're reading the newspaper every day and you're a nervous wreck and all you can do is focus on that. And so sure enough, maybe six months, maybe a year later, but now you're in a perfect job. It's great. Everything's fine. I can't tell you how many people have come to me and said, Richard, if I had known that this job was coming, I would have done things so much differently in that time. You know, I, I could have taken a class and picked up a skill. I could have finished off a degree. Uh, I could have gone on a mission trip with my son. I could have spent more time with family. I could have read a couple of Christian classics. I could have utilized that winter season and improved and grown and been so much better and better equipped for a better job. But instead, I worried and fretted and frittered away that winter season way too long. And, you know, sometimes I've known people that went through a, a bit of breakup and they, they just nursed their bitterness and the unfairness of it all. And how could they let me go? And how could they fire me after all I've done? And I just don't trust people. And I'm never going to work for someone like that again. And, you know, they, they dwell upon it and nurse the bitterness. And so they don't get over it. They don't get past it. And so I would say, look, um, uh, this is painful, and, and you need to process this. And it may not have been fair, but what can you learn from it? What, what is God teaching you, and what is God taking you from now? It, it may be that when you find the next job that you have, you'll be so grateful that you were let go because now you're free to find a much better job. But uh, uh, So how you handle your winter, I think, largely determines how long your winter lasts. Hmm. And I, I've known people that, I, I knew a woman one time whose husband left her and divorced her. And uh, it was very unkind. It was very ungodly. But uh, she could not get over it. I mean, this woman could not get over it. And I mean, years later, she'd, she'd meet total strangers. She'd be at a restaurant and start telling the waitress uh, about her jerky husband and what he did. and 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 it was like, you've got to move on, woman. Like, all you want to talk about is you're consumed by your former husband. And and no one wants to be around you. No one wants to be your friend because they're just going to keep hearing the same vitriol just being spewed out of your mouth over and over again about the same person. And uh, you can just stay there and just nurse winter for years, or you can say, I've been cut loose from a negative relationship in my life. And now I'm free to move on to the next springtime. But uh, some people can't let go of that. And so they needlessly stay in winter way too long. Uh, winter frees you in some ways for the next springtime. Hmm. Uh, so don't see it as just a negative thing. If, if, if A did not end, you'd not, not have the freedom for B. Uh, and so B may not be the same as A. You know, life... Uh, coming up may not be exactly like life was before, but it'll still be good because like it says in Ecclesiastes 3.11, everything is beautiful in its time. And if you are now in a new time, look for the beauty in that time and let God just uh, show you the beauty of that. And don't live in the past. You know, God doesn't want you to live in the past. That's not where you're going. You're, you're going toward the future. So keep your eyes there and embrace the next season that God has for you. Because if you just embrace whatever season God brings, it will be good too in its own way. Well, I think that's a perfect place to to end our talk on seasons and yeah. uh, look forward to what's coming up after this. And um, thank you guys for listening. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If this is something you enjoyed, review us on Apple Podcasts, and don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. 
If you have questions or comments, please email us at podcast at blackbee.org.